Good to see you all. Welcome uh, to our Christmas Eve service, and it's such a special thing to have you here. As you can imagine, uh, uh, this night doesn't just happen. Uh, there is a lot of planning and preparation and then replanning and snowstorms and different things that bring us to this moment. And you have also been in that mix, wondering how cold it's going to get and trying to figure out your family plans. I want to thank you for being here tonight. I want you to take a deep breath and uh, kind of let all of that go and, uh, and enter into this special moment with us. There is a lot that makes it special. There are a lot of people who have planned and worked uh, and prepared. And, you know, when the power goes on and off, it really kind of messes all the, the electrical stuff. So let's give a round of applause to all those who have served us and those who volunteer and lead us in worship. I want to remind you that uh, part of what makes a huge part of what makes uh, a night like this special is, is you. Uh, your presence here with us and our presence together is not something we take for granted and are so grateful for. This is a special place. God is doing a special thing, and that is in large part because of you. You make this special. And then, of course, the main event, the main reason we're here, the thing that, that is most special of all is God's presence with us. And so I'm going to read to us from Matthew's Gospel the announcement of the birth of Christ. And as we hear the words of Scripture, we hear the announcement of the living word. And as we hear the words of Scripture, we usher in the light of Christ. From Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they could come together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for making yourself known to us, for coming to be among us, to thank you, we thank you for being God with us. And we pray that that presence, your light, would shine into the darkness, even tonight, into every darkness and into every heart, so that we might find that light that illumines our world and our lives in Him. In this, we give thanks and we worship with great joy. Amen. Each year on Christmas Eve, we take up a special offering, and that offering always goes to something outside of our walls. We have done this for years as a way of being a living example of the thing that we celebrate, the light that goes into the darkness. And, and so I want to invite the guest family. We have been in partnership with them uh, in, as missionaries for a very long time. Uh, for about 12 years, we were, we were counting up in various places literally around the world. 
Uh, Ashley uh, essentially grew up here and uh, felt the call of the ministry here. Justin uh, also, uh, you know, basically you're ours. And so it is great to have you all home for one thing and for you to be with us and then for us to hear about the work that you're doing. So let's welcome the guests. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> I'm Micah. This is my dad. This is my brother. And this is my mom. We are the guest family. We are serving as missionaries in Stockton, California. Thank you, guys. You can go sit up. Thanks, guys. <laughs> they wanted to do it. I made sure. <laughs> you want to start? Yeah. So... I'm Ashley, this is Justin Guest. These are boys Micah and Isaiah. And as Adam was saying, I grew up here, um, started coming to youth group, got really involved, and really felt a call to working as a missionary um, by going on mission trips. And my first mission trip was to Ghana, Africa. And that was where it was really just cemented in me. And on our first date, I told him, you probably don't want to continue dating me because I feel like I'm called to be a missionary. So when she said that, I said, why don't you let me figure that out? And I had grown up in Bowling Green as well, and I had felt the call to be a youth minister. And I never thought about being a missionary, but when Ash said that, all of a sudden, I really wanted to be a missionary. I don't know why. (laughs) So God called us and moved us. We eventually joined an organization and went to Talanga, Honduras, where we served at an orphanage for seven years. And we loved it there. Micah was born there in Honduras. He's a Honduran citizen. We felt like God was going to have us there forever. But as we all know, plans change. And uh, eventually, we knew it was time to move on. So God directed us to northern Honduras and at a little island there to work with a native tribal group there called the Garifuna people. And we loved our work there. Uh, We worked with the community, empowering, equipping them, and just felt like that was home. And all of a sudden, four years in, we started to feel like God was calling us somewhere else. We really didn't like this one. (laughs) We were very happy and settled where we were, but we needed to be obedient. And as we started to ask around, everyone kept saying, have you considered Stockton, California? Have you considered Stockton, California? Every time I said, absolutely not. (laughs) No way. Do you know how expensive it is to live in California? And what is there to even do there? We had never really heard of Stockton before. Yes, and we told our parents about it. They did some YouTubing, and they were not thrilled with the idea of us moving to Stockton either. Um, So for those of you who aren't aware, Stockton is infamous for its issues with gangs, with homelessness, with a lot of violence and poverty. Um, It's also the most diverse city in the U.S., so it's really cool. There's a lot of culture, um, but that also brings a lot of issues as well. Um, And there's just a lot of need systemically everywhere. There's a lot of need with the school systems, with basically every facet of life there. And so we went up to visit and we just fell in love with the city and with the work that's being done. There's a place called The Center and it's been there for 27 years and there's been a couple running it and they're starting to get to the age of retirement and they were praying that somebody would come alongside them and and that they could train us up. And um, God just led us there at the perfect time. We absolutely love it. Um, We, on any given day, we have about 20 kids that come in in the afternoons for three hours. We're able to mentor them. We help them with homework. We just really pour 
into their lives. So we help with the little day-to-day -day things where they're talking about kids getting in fights and things that aren't as significant, and then we're able to help with the big issues that come up as well. Um, a couple months ago, a little girl came in, and I could just tell she was really upset about something, and I said, what's wrong, sweetie? And she said, my brother has a knife, and I'm really scared. Um, and I did some more digging, and we talked um, and found out that he was under the influence, and he was pacing around the house with a knife, and she has three younger sisters as well. And she was very nervous, so we called mom, and mom said she was uncomfortable too, so she came over to the center as well, and we were able to get the police involved, and um, we're trying to get help for the brother. Um, and so she still comes almost every day. We have a really close relationship with the family, and it's just... It's really hard, um, but it's really awesome to be able to be there for them and to be that ear that they really need. We work with families of all backgrounds. Uh, one of the families that we work with at the center is homeless. They hop house to house. They stay at uh, shelters and everything. And, and one of the boys I was talking to, he's looking forward to going to middle school. He was telling me how he wants to be an actor. And I said, oh, so you're going to be working in restaurants, right? And he, he got that joke. And he said, yeah, I'm going to be working at five-star restaurants. He was serious about this part. He's like, you know, like the Olive Garden. I'm like, yeah, yeah, five-star restaurants like the Olive Garden. But as he was telling me about the journey, I said, well, what path do you have to take? And he talked about all the barriers in his way. He talked about how in high school there was gangs, how there had already been three guns found at school that year. And you could tell that he was scared and that he didn't think he was going to reach his goal. And that's why the center exists is for these kids who feel like they, or who have so many barriers in their way, so we can help them see God's plan for their life and experience his love. And we just want to thank you guys. You guys have been with us since day zero of our journey. Thank you for following us through the orphanage to the island and now to Stockton, California. We couldn't do this without you all. We love you all. Yeah, we're really excited about the impact that can be made at the center um, in the small things and in the big things. And we just couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you for joining us in that. Let's uh, thank Ashley and Justin for coming. I'm going to just stay right here for a second. And we'll invite the ushers forward. And as the ushers are coming forward, we're going to pray together. I'm going to pray over them. And would you join me in prayer? God, I remember a day 12 years ago when uh, Lynn Croxton came up to me and said, Hey, I want you to meet uh, Ashley and Justin. And, um, and we talked and... We sense that, God, that you were in, at work in their lives, and over the years we've seen that play out, and we give thanks for that. And we remember from those very first moments you were in it, but also we were in that too. Uh, this church and your work in us, we've been a part of the guest work around the world, and we pray for them now. We pray that we would continue to be a part of that work and that we would find ourselves living reminders of Jesus in places we may or may never go in worlds that we may not understand with people that may be like us or may be different than us. Uh, all of that is irrelevant to the power of your grace at work in every one of our lives. And we give you thanks for that. We thank you that you are Emmanuel in Bowling Green, Kentucky and in Stockton, California and literally on every spot on the planet. And so would you, through these gifts, help us be a part of your work and do more than we could ask or imagine with it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you again for being here and just to set the table for what we will, we, we will do in the next few minutes. So I'm going to share a little bit here and then we will share together in Holy Communion. And uh, just ahead of time, I want to let you know that everyone's welcome uh, to share in that. Uh, we, we practice an open table, and it is part of the message, actually, that this welcome uh, from God himself 
the with us God is to all of us. Uh, and so we will share in Holy Communion, and then we will light a candle at the end and sing Silent Night as our claiming of the truth that, that the light has come into the world. A few years ago, Pastor Laura was getting ready to, uh, to preach her first Christmas Eve sermon at our Greenwood campus, and she was nervous, and she kept calling me, and uh, we kept talking you know, back and forth, and we do that every year, actually, a little bit, sharing stories and all these things. But finally, I said, Laura, you realize like, nobody cares what we say. All we have to do is light a candle, sing Silent Night, and it's all, and it's all fine, right? So that's actually important today because we got to thinking, what if the rolling blackout hits right about now? Like the power goes out again. Um, we're like, who do we know at BGMU? You know, that kind of conversation. Then we realized that, that thing that I had said, all, well, you all have a candle. We, we can do this, right? We can do this. So if that were to happen, I don't think it will. But if it were, we will, uh, we will skip right through. Uh, we will get to uh, that moment and uh, sing Silent Night as we celebrate the light that has come into the world. And this is what John speaks about in John 1 when he calls Jesus the light of the world. It just so happened to be a crystal clear night on January 7th, 1994, when at 4.30 in the morning Pacific time, a 6.7 magnitude earthquake hit the California San Fernando Valley. And the quake knocked out power to the entire city of Los Angeles. Nine million people were plunged into the darkness and many of whom never had been out, out of the city, outside of the constant glow of city lights. Again, rolling blackouts. Some of you, how many of you lost power in the last 24 hours? Well, some, some of us, a lot of us. Uh, we, we realize that we are just a little, like a, a step away from that being our reality, but most of us don't live there, thank goodness. And so as residents made their way outside, a, a very strange thing happened. They started calling 911 as they looked up into the sky, they were afraid that they were somehow being attacked by aliens or something was going on that they didn't understand. And it wasn't to report the earthquake, it was to basically announce or report a strange cloud of mysterious lights in the heavens. What they were talking about was the Milky Way. They had never seen the stars before because of light pollution. And this is what John, John describes, uh, that the, the light's there, but people weren't able to recognize it. This is the spiritual problem that we all have. We live in a world where the, that we have a with us God, but we don't always see it. The light has come into the world, and yet there is still darkness. And so let me read John 1 for us, the announcement of Jesus. In him was life, and that life was the light of humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Tonight, as we talk about these, these themes, the, these ideas, the, these, these big words and the, these announcements that God is with us and there is the, a light that's come into the world and there is darkness, but the light shines in the darkness, what all that means really is for each of us to figure out. It is part of why we are here to figure out how those dynamics play out in each of our lives and what that light means and what our darkness is. Ancient people's lives were dictated by these daily rhythms of light and dark. You couldn't go out and buy lights. And so to say that Jesus was the light of the world was a pretty big statement. When was the last time you were outside and experienced 
true darkness. In May of 2019, Jenny and I were visiting uh, the Smoky Mountains, actually, with Joel and Martha, uh, Christian, and we had puttered around all day doing some touristy things, and, and we were trying to figure out what to do in the evening as the, e- the evening finished and we had dinner. We got to talking about a unique phenomenon in the Smokies. I don't know if you know about this. The, the, they're called the synchronized fireflies. Anybody heard of that? Anybody seen that? You know, I grew up in, the, I grew up in southern Indiana, so we had, um, we had fireflies, we had lightning bugs, um, and they're, they're like yellow, and you know, I, I caught a bazillion of them as a kid. But these lightning bugs are, there are two things about them that are different in the Smokies. One of them is that they're a different color, and it's such a, it's such a weird thing to experience. They're like a, like a blue, almost. But the, the more interesting thing, perhaps, is that when they're kind of doing their mating dance, uh, as they all kind of get worked up, they start to flicker at the same time. And so we wanted to see that. So uh, we went out into the Smokies in the dark. Now, up in the mountains, when it's dark, it's dark. In fact, it was so dark, we were going through a trailhead, and we heard something, and we heard commotion, and somebody behind us had come to the, the, to the, to the trailhead, and there was like a big metal kind of pillar there so that you couldn't drive through it but some guy couldn't see it he walked right into it and fell over it and it was this it was so so dark and so we're kind of finding our way through the dark and you get out into the woods and it's all hushed and then we started looking and as it got quiet then you would see a few there and a few there and 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 y'all it was spectacular and they were bugs (laughs) when 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 John says that Jesus is the light of the world, these dynamics are powerful. Darkness is real. And we all know in some sense what that means. There is still darkness in the world. But there is also a light. And that's what we're here. The message of hope is that Jesus is that light. And whatever darkness is and whatever way we encounter it and how deep it, it, it becomes, there is a light that overcomes that darkness. There is a light that's come into the world and the darkness has not overcome it. The prophet Isaiah announces this as well. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For unto us a child is born Unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That light is with us, and it is the presence that defines our world. This is the message of the Old and the New Testaments. The psalmist claims this same truth that we claim tonight. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I go to the heights, you're there. If I go to the depths, you are there. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. In uh, 2020, as we were going through some of the pandemic, there were a lot of challenges, what we might call darkness. One of them was, was of course, just the isolation and the struggle and figuring out what to do in those times, but, you know, uh, there, there, there was a lot more to that, and of course, some, some, some of us experienced sickness and encountered some, some of those challenges, and then, of course, some people died during that time, and, and uh, some of you know that Dr. Dr. Becky Shadowin was one of those people. She was a friend of mine, 
And as she got sick, and really even before that, as we were working through how to manage a pandemic together, we began talking pretty regularly. I talked to her the Saturday before things closed down on Wednesday, and those conversations continued. I felt like we sort of had, Broadway sort of had someone we could trust to, to go to when we had questions. And, and then, uh, then she got sick, and then uh, I, as a pastor, came alongside her through the last months of her life. Uh, one day she texted me and said, I'm going on the vent today. I'm going on the ventilator. This is not the end. It was that kind of thing. And uh, some of you know Becky. She got better for a little while. She um, was very, very sick and got better for a little while before she passed away. And in that interim period, she called me up um, or texted me and asked, actually, and said, I need some books to read. Well, think about that for a second. Like, what do you give someone in that situation who's trying to make sense of these dynamics, and I got to thinking about light and dark, and there's a book um, by Barbara Brown Taylor called Learning to Walk in the Dark. And I gave her that book, and it was probably the last book that she read. And as we, we, we talked about it, she said it was actually the most helpful thing that she read. And this is one of the things in that book. Uh, Barbara Brown Taylor says, even when light fades and darkness fails, it is as it does in every single life, every single day, God does not, the, does not turn the world over to some other deity. Here is the testimony of faith. Darkness is not dark to God. The night is as bright as day. That book and our faith and the announcement of scripture makes the claim, comes to the conclusion that all hope, true hope, is born in the dark, that we all will experience it in some way, and yet we will all also have the opportunity to experience a deeper truth, that there is a light that overcomes it. You know, the church began formally celebrating Christmas around this time in 336, you know, so there, for over almost 350 years, uh, we we didn't celebrate Christmas at this time, and truthfully, it wasn't until the ninth century that we really began celebrating Christmas like we do now. And of course we know there's you know, great debate over when Jesus was born, but we can pretty much guarantee that it was probably not December 25th. That, in fact, the Christmas celebration began here under the Emperor Constantine, who was claiming a truth that, the, the, that there was already a, a, a message out and about that... Um, that, that we needed some hope in the darkness. And this was the darkest time of year. And so Constantine said, let's put these two things together. There is a light that shines in the darkness. And so let's go to the darkest time of our lives and build our truth around that and understand that even in the darkest moments of our lives, there's a light that can't be put out. And that's especially true when we're, when we're, when we're struggling, when, it, when it's hard to believe that that light can't be put out. You know, back in 2020, as we were planning this service, uh, some of you were there for it. We did it outside. Uh, and in fact, it was cold, not this cold, thank goodness, but it was very, very cold. And we had an outdoor Christmas Eve service, and we also had it online. And um, I remember someone came up to me, uh, one of our um, older ladies, and she said, you know, I've never been to an outdoor Christmas Eve service. This is my first and I thought that was so sweet. And then she said, I hope it's my last. <laughs> well, it was funny because I had just been on, on the phone again uh, with Pastor Laura because the Greenwood campus does their service at three and they had been outside. And I said, how did it go? And she said, here's, here's what happened. 
we get up, I mean, the whole night is about lighting the candle. Remember what you said to me, all we have to do is light our candle and sing Silent Night, and it's good. So we got there, it was cold, the guitars weren't kind of working, it was hard to sing, but we had our candles, and we, we had the, the Christ candle, and we were all standing there, and I, she said, I sort of did some dramatic flair. I said, there is a light that's coming to the world, and the darkness cannot and will not and has never put it out, and the wind came through, and the candle went out. The point being, this is true, even when it's hard to believe it. Even when it seems like everything keeps stacking up against you and again and again and again, it seems like the darkness wins. Tonight we remind ourselves that it does not. In fact, as, as I close, I'll remind you of the words of Paul that speaks of these dynamics of light and dark and God's presence with us and how it matters. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And I'm thinking about how these realities play out for some of you. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or all of the things that stack up that make it hard for us to believe. Will these separate us from the love of Christ? No, he says. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, the present or the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The announcement tonight is that we can take a deep breath and trust that that is true. God is already here. He is not the father of fear or the author of anger. He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, or in the words of Jesus, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks with me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's pray together. God, as we think about uh, this announcement, we pray that we might earth its truth in our hearts today. We confess that there have been times when our lives have seemed dark and we haven't known how to find the light. We confess that we look at our world sometimes and think the same. Tonight we pray that we would find this truth in our hearts as we claim it for ourselves and for our world. That there is a light that has come into the world and the darkness has not put it out. And we pray that that light might illumine everything about us this night and in every night to come. In the highest moments of our joy and in the deepest moments of our grief, we trust that you will be with us. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to share in Holy Communion, so we'll find the words on the screen tonight. And we will uh, join in the parts I will lead us, and you will join in the parts that are underlined. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. 
You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets who looked for that day when justice would roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nation would not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and the rich you send away empty. Your own son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering to us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. As I invite those who are coming to serve forward, let's pray together. God, would you pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup? May they be for us the body and blood of Christ that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.